If you're smarter than a guy that would climb a fence during a green flag run at Dover International Speedway, you might want to consider SamTech, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology, which is down in Houston, Texas. I had a chance to visit there recently with Sarah, and we got a whole tour of the place. Really impressive. It's a kind of place where you could learn all about engines and all about uh, things that can help you get a job on a NASCAR team, an NHRA team, an IndyCar team and just generally make you a much smarter person than somebody who would get arrested for climbing a fence in the middle of the race. If you're interested in learning more about SamTech, I would encourage you to go to samtech.edu today. And now here's the post-race podcast from Dover. everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff buck podcast <laughs> i'm your host jeff buck and the woohooer in the background if you could hear that is dustin long from nbc sports dustin how are you i'm great because i'm on the unnamed jeff gluck podcast Woohoo! you're the <laughs> you're clearly the most excited guest we've ever had uh you're i want hashtag excited <laughs> You're already, you're already going with the hashtag? Hashtag Dustin's excited? There you go. So, hashtag excited. Okay. So, uh, Dustin, uh, were you excited about today's race, I guess? First of all, let's set the scene. Right now, we're on top of the Dover Media Center. We're standing on the roof, basically. We're looking, overlooking uh, the end of the front stretch, turn one. We can see Victory Lane from here. Uh, it's a little bit noisy down there. I can see Russia from here. Oh, wait. Did I say that? <laughs> Dustin's coming strong already. Uh, so, were you fired up by the race? I mean, do you sound like you're uh, you're excited by what happened today? Well, I'll tell you what. It was a, it was a really good race. It was a really interesting race. Um, you know, and and it's you know some people might say, well, how could it be a really interesting race when you had one guy lead 241 laps and and oh, is that true? I didn't realize that. Yeah, 241, and you had Martin Truex Jr. lead 102. So you had two guys lead 343 laps. But there was a lot of I think movement. Uh, you know, there was some action. You know, at the front and in, in the middle and the back. You you had tire strategy. You had Jimmy Johnson coming from the rear. You know, you had uh, Kyle Larson having to you know even early in the race battling Martin Truex Jr. and and Truex finally getting you know and saying enough of it and bumping him out of the way and and uh, and, and you know they, they almost having an issue there between the two of them early in the race that you know would have opened the door for Johnson or anybody else. You have you know Kyle Busch's situation where now he likely could be facing the, the loss of his crew chief and tire changer and tire carrier for the next four races and he's still looking for his first win you know I think there was just a there was just a, a lot of interesting things uh, that, that came out of today and, and and you know I don't even mention Chase Elliott getting a top five after his horrible month of May and and uh, you know having a good finish there Ryan Newman getting a fourth place finish so it was a, I, to me it was an entertaining exciting and you know the end was was you know shocking and even you know Chad Knauss was surprised and I talked with him in Victory Lane uh, for NBCSN for our NASCAR America, and, and, and he was surprised because, you know, he wasn't sure how it was all going to play out with the caution, and, and Jimmy was the same way. And, and Jimmy said when, you know, when he heard that the crash was taking place, 
you know, on the radio when Earl Barbin told him, he said, I was just early in the backstretch. And the line's at, at the uh, about halfway on, on the backstretch. But by the time that, you know, he heard it, by the time NASCAR, you know, called the yellow, you know, Johnson obviously had crossed the line. But, uh, you know, it was interesting because for, for a few moments they were waiting. I, you know, I think all of us were waiting. It was like, okay, did he cross the line? Is this going to double overtime? Or is Jimmy the winner and pulling this one out? And, and what a way to pull out uh, win number 83 and tie, tie Cale Yarbrough on a day where you, you bring out the, the Cale Yarbrough helmet. Yeah, you know, I think what's going to be really interesting about this, Dustin, is are people going to view this overall as a good race? Because I thought, as you mentioned, there was a ton to like about the race throughout the day. Now, the finish is going to be something that people not only uh, did not like, they probably loathed and hated. I saw a lot of immediate reaction on Twitter, just they hate the overtime line. They don't like how that concluded the race. And, and let's face it, it was a very long race. It was four hours. Now it was action packed, but three hours fifty nine minutes. You know, yeah, I'm looking at it. three hours fifty two minutes. And um, was it fifty nine? It says fifty two. Oh, the scoring monitor said okay. Uh, so that um, it didn't seem like a four hour race. Right, because there was action in it, right? Yeah, and I, and, and, and I mean, I, I, you know, there were times where it kind of uh, was a little bit slow or, you, you know, you kind of were just bumping off some laps at times. But it felt like you were, you know, at least for me, I was always watching something, keeping it abreast of something, whether it was at the front of the field, uh, somebody coming up because you had guys, you know, especially late, you had Truex because of the, 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 the caution coming out at the wrong time, you know, kind of a little further back, Kyle Larson a little further back, having to race their way. So you're kind of, mo- I was kind of monitoring that. So to me, it felt like there was something going on. So I think if you would have asked me without looking at this sheet, I, I would have said, oh, it was probably a three-hour race, three-hour 15. It didn't seem like almost a four-hour race. So, but, but my question is, is the, is the hatred of what happened at the end of the race, the empty finish, they, they invested all this time in the race, and then they don't get to see a good finish. They, they see a crash, it ends up, it finishes under caution, and NASCAR fans don't like that very much. Um, you know, do you, do you think that's something NASCAR needs to look at as far as, as the overtime line? I, I, I feel like it still has some benefits because we have to remember it was originally uh, designed for super speedway stuff, right? It limits – there's a safety element to it, number one. Number two, this came after the whole Kevin Harvick, Trevor Bain thing at, at Talladega, and this was a way to cut down on possible manipulation. Now you see a race like today, and the, n- neither of those would have come into play, and it affects the race. So – should they go back to some sort of multiple overtime thing? What's your take? Well, I mean, it's what do you think is better? I mean, at, at the end of the day, what's 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 better for the sport? Is it is it better for the sport to have the overtime line and, and to do it as it's currently done? Is it better to have you know three attempts and know that after that third attempt, it's you're ending it regardless what happens? Although when they had that rule, there weren't too many times it went to the third attempt. Um, but you also you know there has to be a balance because. You know, if I'm a if I'm a car owner, I don't know if I want the three overtimes because that's three opportunities for my car to get destroyed at the end of the race when I made it 400 laps, 400 miles, 500 miles, or what have you. But I think the owners also have to recognize, you know, what what's best for the sport. Is it better for the fans? And I mean, the fans' voice should be heard. Um, that being said, I think there are times when the fans' voices may be heard a little too much. And there needs to be a balance in, in, in how much, you know, the fans are important. There's no doubt about that. But if you make every rule change off of everything every, every fan says, 
um, you're going to have chaos. Just like you'd have if you make the rules every way, you know, all the rules the way that all the owners wanted, you'd have a, a, a completely different sport, and, you, and you, you don't want that. So, I mean, there needs to be a balance. You know, thinking offhand, I don't know what your solution is at this point, if there's a better idea. It's, uh, you know, if it, look, if, if, if Dale Earnhardt Jr. won this race because of uh, what happened instead of Jimmy Johnson, are we debating whether there should be an overtime line? I mean, let's be honest. It's, 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 it's because of who wins. Or if Kyle Busch had won, uh, it would have been a horrible rule. If Kyle Busch had lost because of it, it had been a wonderful rule. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, yeah, for a lot of people, what, it's what happened at the end of the race. I mean, look, the 1979 Daytona 500, was that a great race? I mean, everybody's going to say yes because it was a fight and a great finish. But but you go back and watch that. Uh, you go back on YouTube and watch the end of that race, and you tell me you count off how many seconds it takes before the before Richard Petty has to comes by the the accident scene to take the lead. That was not, you know. I mean, he was several seconds behind. Took a long time, and and uh, you know, it, it, do people want that? And I don't think. I, I think I think most people would agree, or a lot of people would agree, that it's probably not in the best interest of the sport, or those in the sport would say it's probably not in the best interest of the sport to have somebody win a race by 25 seconds. Uh, because look, sports are entertainment, and 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 racing there's a, there's an element of entertainment, and and you have to recognize that. So Dustin Jimmy Johnson wins uh, for the 11th time at Dover, 83rd time overall. He um, ties. Yeah, he, he now gets a free pass to. Uh, he, he gets to skip the Dover race in the fall, right? He gets to move on. Is that how that works? <laughs> I think that's going to be part of the new playoff rule. <laughs> By the way, so this is embarrassing for me. I'm sure you know this rule, uh, like Bob knows it, studied it up. You were there when I was talking to Martin Truex Jr. about this. Yeah, it, I, was, it, it was embarrassing on okay. your behalf. That, that's fine. We've established that. <laughs> it was, but, but I honestly thought that, uh, and I checked on this earlier today, because I was like, wait a minute, how does this work? I thought that the playoff points were like that Martin Truex Jr. would start. The, like he has 18 playoff points right now, right? So I thought he would start the uh, playoffs with 18 points, and then he would have those points until he needed to use them, essentially like money. If he didn't use them, they would go over to the next round, all that stuff. I did not realize or did not understand that Martin Truex Jr., no matter what, as long as he keeps making each round as the points reset, he keeps starting each round with 18 points. So he's probably going to get more. But let's, so let's say he advances to round two. No matter what happens in round one, if he advances to round two, starts with 18 points. Well, well, actually, now remember, I mean, right now he's the points leader. So if he's the points leader at the end of the regular season, the points leader gets 15 playoff points. And he could also add more playoff so, points so, during the race. So if the season ended right now, he has 33 playoff points. The most you can score in a race, other than the Coca-Cola 600, is 60 points. So, if he, if even if he doesn't score any more playoff points, right now he's got a half a race's worth of playoff points, and there's only two guys within 10 points, 10 playoff points of him. Jimmy Johnson has 15, Brad Keselowski has 12, and then you have Kyle Larson with seven. And and that was a, you know, look, I mean, there was a lot of things for Kyle Larson to be frustrated about today. Um, and but you know another element is that he lost five playoff points and lost them to Jimmy Johnson. Now maybe that won't matter, uh, or maybe at the end of the day Kyle Larson loses the championship to Jimmy Johnson by three points and goes back and looks at you know the restart at Dover as uh, you know was the championship in in a in a way determined today. No, that's a good point, and and I think that that's. That's as we've reached the halfway point of the the season. Now we typically are talking about 
who's going to make the playoffs all that stuff. I think this has really added another element of those playoff points because when you're talking about, okay, Martin Truex Jr., and, and I was just using that 18 as an, as an example. for So X amount of points, he will have that amount of points to start, the say, round three if he makes it. That is going to be a massive advantage um, because that will sort of almost give him at least half of a mulligan for a race. Um, and remember, you know, he had the issues in the second round. He what, was it, won two races in the first round last year and then has the, the uh, an issue in one race in the second round. Then the tie, the uh, gets knocked out at Talladega. And then the engine issue at Talladega, and he's done. I mean, I and, you know, go back and look before the before the playoff start last year, how many people were picking Martin Truex Jr. to win the championship. So this allows – you know, this, as they say, this this gives a reward. It gives incentive to race the whole season instead of just, you know, experimenting at this point, not caring. And it also gives the chance to reward somebody for, you know, for regular season's worth of, uh, you know, of success. It's just like, in essence, in other sports, they get the home field advantage if they if they do well enough in the regular season. This is kind of NASCAR's version of, of kind of providing that home field advantage. So right now, Martin Truex Jr. In, in one sense would have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Now, you know, if he can't uh, if he can't advance on that, then you know, tough luck. So Dustin, some would say that with Jimmy Johnson's win today, the Golden Horseshoe may have emerged again because. He got lucky in two instances that were somewhat notable. So, number one, he gets lucky in that um, he's staying out at the right time, trying to, you know, waiting wait to make his pit stop as other people on pit road. Regan Smith hits the wall, brings out the caution. He has stayed out. I asked Chad Knauss about this, and Chad Knauss said, no, that was, that was strategy. There was some, some thought into that. It wasn't just trying to get in their fuel window. You know, maybe he was waiting for the caution or just to see if it would happen. Number two, he's going to lose the race. Kyle Larson's going to win. He's driving away. Uh, four laps to go, whatever it was, and David Reagan hits the wall, brings out the caution. He that is that is luck. He gets a shot at it, ends up winning, which is not luck because he performed on the restart. But um, you know, people like to to use this sort of luck argument to weaken Jimmy's uh, overall stats and all that stuff. I would argue that based on the 11 wins here, uh, he's pretty darn good here. And remember, there was one that he lost uh, here. Uh, uh, we were talking in Victory Lane. Uh, you know, he still remembers the one he lost to, uh, was it off the restart to Juan Pablo Mont Montoya? And Montoya didn't get penalized, right? Didn't, didn't Jimmy get penalized on that restart? Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, it could be 12. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. So it could be a dozen. Or, you know, maybe there's another one. Maybe it's a baker's dozen. So. But I guess the point is you don't win 83 times and you don't win 11 times at one track without – look. Oh, come on. He's the luckiest driver ever. Come on. That's what that's what people want you to say. So just say it. No. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we could probably never convince those people otherwise. Let's talk about Kyle Larson, who I guess by the same token is maybe the unluckiest because – he only has two career wins. He could have won quite a few more, it seems like, including the past two spring races here. Two spring races, or the last year's spring race here. Um, he had a chance to move Matt Kenseth for the win. Didn't. That was very notable, high profile. Got a lot of talk about that. Uh, and then today, he, this was really his race and comes uh, isn't able to, to finish it off. Um, you know, at some point, you know, he, he seems to handle these these finishes pretty well. Another second-place finish, he, you know, he's not, like, um, totally despondent about it. But at some point, is he going to get to the point of frustration where he, he just, you know, cracks with all these second-place and uh, results and close calls? Well, if he finishes second uh, every race the rest of the way, he's your champion, uh, my guess is. I mean, yeah, there's a way he could probably not win the championship. So, 
you know, I asked him kind of about that. I said, well, what do you, you know, how do you walk away from this or, or do you just have to forget about it? I was like, well, I have a pretty, I, I, I forget things pretty quickly. So, you know, I just have to, to do that and move on. And, and that's what he has to do. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe next week at, at Pocono, he's in victory lane and, and this is just a memory. Um, you know, it's, uh, a lot of people tried to, you know, a lot of people brought up last year's race, but again, it's, uh, um, you know, he's putting himself in position and, and you've got to learn, look, how many years, how, how many races, how many years has he been doing this at the cup level? How many years, how many races has Jimmy Johnson been doing it? You know, and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy said in victory lane, he says, look, I had the restart of my life. And, you know, both of them had, you know, older tires and they knew they had to be careful to avoid from spinning them. And Jimmy made it work. And, and, and Kyle didn't, it's another lesson for Kyle to learn. It's another experience uh, for this young driver who's putting himself in this position that, uh, you know, if the team continues to be strong, you've got to look at that. These are learning experiences. Doesn't mean every learning experience is fun, but, uh, you know, the next time he's in a situation like this, you know, maybe you put, maybe he comes out a little bit differently because he learns something from this experience. You know, it's interesting with him. I, I do feel like I, I believe when he says he's going to be able to forget it quickly. I, I do believe that, um, but it's it's got to weigh on him at some point because um, when you need these wins and they don't come, like right now, I think he'd like to win and he wants to win. But when you get to a point where you need them and your season depends on it and you don't have them, you know maybe that sort of adds up. And obviously he's he's in the playoff now. But you know when it gets to playoff time here, remember last year is you know we, everybody he was getting dogged a lot throughout the summer for not moving Kenseth as it got later and later and closer and closer to uh, the, the the playoffs and he hadn't uh, he hadn't guaranteed him spot a spot with the win until he won at Michigan, which was what less than a month or about a month before the playoffs. So you know he was kind of having to deal with that for a couple months where people weren't letting him forget that. So you know he. He's able to to deal with it, uh, and and you know he's been able to handle the situation. So we'll you know let's let's see what he let's let's see how he handles this moving forward. But I think you know all indications are I think he's going to be fine. You know he's just got to look at big picture. That's not always the fun thing because you want the instant gratification. You want the trophy. You want the win. You want the celebration. You want to be in victory lane instead of standing on pit road as confetti's flying into your hair that's blown over from from victory lane. And, and, and explaining why you finished second, as he said, again. I see Rick Hendrick's red helicopter is taking off from behind us. Oh, it's going to fly right over us here. As, as he does that, let's, uh, let's take a pic- uh, peek at the points here. It's my first time. Can you hear it? There's Hendrick. There he goes. Flying out of here in style, Dustin. So my just helicopter's going to be coming in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, we're waiting on your helicopter. You still have work to do. Yeah. So we'll we'll just wrap this up with some points talk. Um, we're so we're, this is our first first reaction here. At least I haven't looked at them yet. Um, let's see who's in right now. So you, let's see. You have Austin Dillon's outside. So that's that's one spot to take away. Then you have um, Kurt Busch is last spot. So it's really uh, it's so there's only one spot you have to reduce by. So the guys that are in on points would be. Um, Harvick, who still hasn't won yet, Kyle Busch, Jamie McMurray, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer, uh, Matt Kenseth, and then Ryan Blaney would not be in despite being 13th in points because Austin Dillon takes that spot. So some notables you have outside the top 16 in points. Uh, Trevor Bain is close. Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, Casey Kane, 
Dale Jr. still in 22nd. So, um, and just think if, if, if again it was a it would have been tough, but just think if 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 this had worked out for Ty Dillon, you know, Ty right now is 22nd and uh, 23rd in the points. Now he would have moved up a little bit more with a win, but he would have been 22nd. But that would have been another guy outside the top 16 at this moment that would take away a win. And I think that is, you know, I, I think for 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 some of those guys who don't have a win, I think it was important that the win came down to, you know, Larson or Johnson. It wasn't somebody like Ty Dillon because then that would have taken another spot away. And you have to look at, you know, you've still got, you know, two two road courses and you've got the restrictor plate race at Daytona in July, which, uh, you know, it's less than a month away. And NBC, that's when we're, we're back uh, broadcasting the races at, at, at NBC, at NBC and NBCSN. So a little plug there. Um, but so Very smooth, Dustin. Yes, uh, that's, that's, why I'm, I, that's why I've got the NBC shirt on. <laughs> but, you know, you look at there's three races with the potential to have a little bit of a different winner. I don't think you're going to see a different winner in all three of those where it's going to be first-timers or somebody who hasn't won yet. But there's the odd option there. you got to figure some time between now and the start of the playoffs, there's going to be another race that, that just kind of has a, a screwy finish, and there's somebody that gets up there that maybe you didn't quite expect. Now It, it does seem like it's going that way this year, and, and in some ways really the story of this uh, last uh, half of the regular season here could be how many different winners there are you know are, are there gonna are we gonna get close to 16 and see that I mean that would be very remarkable um, I you know just I mean just look you know you look at this race and you have an accident on on the next to last on the, on the overtime look if, if that happens somewhere else and you got somebody else in the lead or or if it takes you have some situation like that where you take out the first five or six people I, mean, I was standing on pit road next to uh, Bob Pockers and I kind of joked before that restart I said well, we're here on pit road, but are we going to be go, are we going to go start running to the infield care center because if there's an accident, that's where they're all going to end up just to be checked out. And you know, is it going to be essentially the the front of the field or something like that? Because you, you kind of figured there was going to be some sort of chaos, and so you know that could easily happen at, at some of these places. And uh, you know, and then you look at uh, you know, like I said, Daniel Suarez finished sixth. What if he would have won? You know, that would have taken spot or, you know, some other things. Uh, what Danica Patrick finished 10th. You know, some other things happened there, and, and Danica gets in a spot or, or somebody like that. So um, I, I still think that there's, you know, like I said, that, that, that crazy finish, whether it's a fuel mileage, whether it's, you know, just kind of a crazy end or late race caution and everything gets bunched up and the race changes or what have you. But I think there's one of those still left. So, you know, is that somebody who doesn't have a win that's normally has a win that pulls that out? Or is that somebody who's outside the top 20 or top 16 in points that pulls it out and suddenly takes a spot away from somebody else? So, Dustin, uh, last quick question. Um, what do you think the, the was it a good race poll will show tomorrow? What, what will the percentage show? I'm going to say, you know, this, this race is interesting because last year the spring race was 93% yes, which is the top race I've pulled so far. And the fall race was like the second to worst, the one that Martin Truex dominated and, and was boring. So I'm going to guess it's somewhere in the middle. Wow, that's, uh, that's really going out on a limb there. I'm going to say because people, it was a good race, but people hated the finish so much that they're going to penalize the race for that. So I think that it's going to end up at about 77%. I think it's going to take a huge chunk out of the rating it would have gotten. What's your guess for how many people, what percent? Uh... I, I'll go somewhere around, I'll say 75, something like that. I'll, I'll kind of follow your... Oh, come on. You almost priced this right, right in me on, on that one. <laughs> one dollar. <laughs> and so, Dustin, uh, it sounds like 
we we can go with hashtag excited Dustin for this podcast. Eh, too many people use hashtag excited, so we have to have something unique to, for people to talk about this. Is hashtag excited Dustin uh, okay for you? Hashtag excited Dustin for the unnamed, yet to be named, may never be named, will it ever be named? This is really getting annoying that there's no name. Jeff Gluck podcast. Sounds good. And uh, thank you, Dustin, for joining us. Uh, very honored to have you. And uh, I will. Why? <laughs> you're, you're a very distinguished uh, journalist, and you often wear a suit, so I assume you're important. Oh, okay. Well, I, I like to think that, but that's but my wife sets me sets me straight, so no. <laughs> Buying into it. Anyway, until next time, everybody. Uh, appreciate you listening, and talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.